It's uh, it's Tuesday. It's not April Fool's Day anymore. I fucking hate April I Fool's. Hate April Fool's Day too. Uh, it's the new Utah podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. I'm really glad that Fan X's April Fool's joke was not a joke because I. It's the first guest that I've audibly gasped in excitement for I don't this even, season. I don't even know who it was. John Cleese from Monty oh, Python. That's cool. Yeah. That's somebody I know. I'm glad you do, because I didn't <laughs> Lyle know. Lyle Finster. He's headless, oh, okay. he's headless Nick in, in Hogwarts. Like, I know what that you is. You do. I know who Headless Nick is, but... Well, that's that, John Cleese. Okay, cool. I, mean, I don't really it's still don't Wanda. know who it is. No. Um, but the person who is excited about John Cleese is Jess... Um, if you got, ever go to our Facebook page uh, and ask for shit, she's probably the one that's responding to you every There's once no in a while. Every once in a while, I'll grab it, but like that's like once a year, maybe. So if it's my turn for the year, <laughs> uh, I do try to post on Twitter more, but man, it's fucking hard. Um, and then uh, Jeremy with the laugh, who knows who John Cleese is? I sure do. Um, dates himself a little bit. Uh, he's one of the hosts. And then the last host, certainly not the least, she's the one with the blinged out headset that I'm, everyone's jealous of. I'm pretty much the least. I pretty much do the least amount of work on this podcast. That is not true. You put way more notes into the weekly sheet than Jeremy ever does. That is true. Like Jeremy sometimes gets one line in. I stepped it up last week. You did step it up last week. And by the way, can I apologize? <laughs> so that, that voice, that last voice was Bree, uh, our other host. But but can I apologize for last week? I don't know what the fuck I did. It was probably because uh, it was really late when I finally got to editing because we didn't leave. So you guys left and I went back in because Bree was still talking to the guys. I wasn't at the still talking to them. They were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a conversation. Um, so place. I go back we were, in. We were talking about Juan Diego stuff. For a I bet we were there for another hour, just sitting in the oh, wow. just sitting in the brewery. Maybe um, forty five minutes. Yeah, not not in the restaurant, just in the brewery, bullshitting with them for a while. Um, so I did uh, feel much better about Chris driving home though after we sat and talked for a while. Yeah. They kept trying to give him more beer. I'm like, no, man, I got to drive home. I don't want to fucking take an Uber because the problem is like. I don't mind taking an Uber or at this point I would just have Bree drive me home, but then I have to get my car in the morning and that's kind of a pain in the ass, but I was plenty sober. Sober as a lark, but it was fucking late. I was really tired and I don't know what I did. Um, <laughs> I, I think in the email, I, I like said, in I, your email what you said. I said something to the effect of I accidentally hit the make your fucking podcast sound terrible button or something like that. So I was listening to it the next morning. Which I honestly do try to listen to them. I, I know I'm not that great at it, but I try to. But I'm like a minute and a half into it, and I'm like, holy cow. So I skip forward a little bit thinking, and then it's... it's. I think what I did, ugh. I think what I did is noise reduction is right by um, normalization in the uh, the edits. And I always run a couple passes of noise reduction, especially when we're in an environment like that where we have to turn the gains up quite a bit. And a it's picking background. up a lot of background. I try to kill most of that. And uh, I, I didn't, uh, I think I must have hit normalize and just not realized it and let it run through. Because usually when I'm editing the show, I'm editing in, in one app. I'm I'm usually doing show notes in another. I've got a browser up, getting shit ready to go upload. Like I'm doing a million things at once because otherwise you just sit and stare at the screen while it, while it compresses or whatever it's doing at the point in time. So I bet that's what I did and just didn't even think about it. Um, cause when I went back to listen, I'm like, maybe it fucked up. Sometimes I've had, it, I usually spot check it. I just didn't last week, but, uh, sometimes when it actually creates the audio file, it fucks up. Sometimes when it uploads to SoundCloud, it 
it has some issue. But I went back and listened to it. I'm like, I don't know. The whole file's fucked. And I had to re-edit <laughs> the entire thing. So I'm sitting at my desk, uh, and I'm like, shit, I got to get this thing re-edited. And, and so I got to get home and get it posted. So I was able to re-edit it pretty quickly, actually. So it probably wasn't even as quality as, as it should have been. But uh, hopefully, I think the second time around, the, the sound was a lot better. It sounded so. like we were recording in like a hollow porta potty We were. It was weird. It was like... It was... Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I do apologize for those of you that uh, downloaded it or were streaming it and then got cut off and then had to re-download it and restream it. Um, hopefully you'll stick with us because we try to we try to deliver a quality product. But hey, um, we're on episode 149, so only one botched episode out of 149. Not true. There's some <laughs> there's there's a couple episodes early on like I think our first Skype interview was oh, that's true. fucking terrible that, that was rough like really no echoey. you can't be mad about no it. but I'm just saying this isn't the only botched episode <laughs> um, yeah much much better now than we were 148 episodes ago that's true um, but uh, and that that does remind me we are coming up on our uh, our three year anniversary it's right around the corner what is the three year anniversary does anyone know. Like, what should you be gifted? Yeah, is it because there's like the rope anniversary? Is it really? Well, Google, you got a Google box. Stop looking at pimple videos, which I'm not. What is I was looking at cakes. (laughs) A traditional theme is leather, but the modern gift is crystal or glass. I'd rather have leather. Fuck yeah, why don't we have I want glass? (laughs) Why don't we have crystal glasses wrapped in leather? Like leather bound, leather bound crystal goblets, (laughs) or like leather. Yeah, no, you get yours is better. I'll have, to, I'll have to think about that one. How about leather bound crystal gag balls? <laughs> That'd I mean, be really a, heavy. Yeah, those are, and it would not. They like good. hurt your teeth. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to bite down on that during your BDSM. <laughs> no. <Is> that not, <laughs> how about a, I'm pretty sure that that's not a Utah thing, but maybe it is. I don't know. Bree, you've been listening to the. How about cast. a leather? decanter so it's so it holds yeah. and the decanter can be crystal but can come in a leather holder that way everybody's happy like with a little snap and everything yeah man leather and crystal mm. i want the crystal leather is symbolic of reaching a stage of flexible durability that's that's why leather huh um because leather is both it is uh, so crystal has a special beauty, yet is still fragile. Again, both significant representations of a maturing marriage. Three years is nothing, fuckers. You get past seven, and that's that's the marker. Seven year itch. Seven year itch, and it? if you get past seven years, you got a good chance of surviving, <laughs> but not a for sure chance. So, does it count if we're not married? No. Did you get your itch already? I guess what even married people change. So, so but that's the thing, like. Like, okay, so we don't get married for, let's say, let's say 13 years since we start dating, and then we get married. And uh, so the seven-year itch, we've been together for 20 years. How? I mean, what is that? A 20-year rash? <laughs> seven-year itch, 20-year rash. I'm writing those down. Those are going in the show notes. 20-year rash. Okay. Um, I think we're... Well, then you can be those idiots on the cruise ship that do the newlywed game who dated for 13 oh, yeah. years. Oh, no, but they were the worst fucking couple up there. Oh. Like, they were terrible, and it was... The best couple was still the Mormon couple. The mm-hmm. old people. Yeah, I can't... I don't remember what episode it was. Go back and listen to it. We talked about our ship on a stick, probably in, like, September or August of last year, roughly around then. About, a, what, 
40-ish episodes maybe ago. Something. Like, so, like, around the 100, 110 mark, somewhere in there, guys. That's where you go look for that episode. I don't remember it. Uh, anyway, um, I got some work done in my yard this weekend uh, on Saturday. I did not realize how long it was going to take to pull all the fucking weeds out of my garden because um, I let them go for a week because of the snow, oh. and they were like a forest of ground cover <laughs> and flowering ground cover, and so I got them all pulled out, um, tried to shore up my fence, woefully underestimated the number of rocks that I was going to need uh, to complete the uh, hole repair that the dogs next door have fucking dug. So when I was doing the garden uh, and, and weeding the garden, uh, Junior, the dog next door, the, the French Mastiff, decided to crawl under the fence and come hang out with me while I was doing it the whole time. Super sweet dog. Puppy. Has totally no manners. Totally uncontrollable. Yeah. <laughs> no manners. Uncontrolled. Total puppy. Fucking everything's something to play with. I'd pull a weed, he'd take it and like run it around the yard, like shaking it. Like I'd, if I <laughs> tried to set down my, uh, my spade, he'd eat it, like try to eat it, so... It was uh, made it more challenging. But I, I spent a long time in the sun. I did not realize how long I was out there. He came in and he's like, why am I so tired? I was like, because you've been outside? For like hours. But anyway, that's done. And so I think this weekend I'm going to try and plant uh, something. I don't know what. I got some seeds upstairs. I think I might just go get some potatoes and try and plant those. I got potatoes and peas planted this weekend. Potatoes need full sun, though. And I don't know. Yeah. I think they'll be fine up against the house. I think I still get enough sun back there that it's full sun is like six hours, right? Mm, yeah, something like that. Especially six and eight, but so I should shot. be okay. Yeah, I should be okay. What's the worst that could happen? It could be like last year where I didn't fucking have anything grow. I was really sad for all the work I put well, in. I needed all the starts. I did all the seedlings myself, and like none of it grew. <laughs> it was terrible. Even Farmer Luke. Because we, we did that episode, well, you had your sprouts. And yeah, and he was like, that's good timing. He was impressed with your sprouts. Yeah, well, whatever. Get <laughs> up on that. Uh, anyway, um, anybody else have anything happen this weekend? I don't even remember the rest of the weekend, if I'm being honest. I'm still smelling exhaust from the car auction that I worked. Did I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 142 cars. I saw a bunch of old-ass cars in your pictures. That's there's, amazing. There's somewhat at our front door. What? Oh, that's probably the guest. Maybe we should get the door. But anyway, uh, yeah, the cars, that's cool. What about you, Jeremy? Peas and potatoes. Just just planted some shit? Yeah, however, my garden is massive, so. Yeah, that's not a small feat. Peas and potatoes, that took like the whole day. Yeah, I'll get a bunch of those potatoes. You don't have as many peas usually, right? You can can those, right? It, yeah, we'll freeze them or can them or we eat a lot of them. But yeah, peas are one of those, a lot of effort for not, a, I mean. But they do can really well. Oh, and yeah. I will say. That I actually like, I had frozen peas. I froze a bunch of peas that I got from the farmer's market. Yeah. Because uh, there was like just a fucking truck that the bed of it was just full of peas, like a tarp and a bunch of peas and a tarp. And they were just scooping them out. They had already shelled them all. And they were They're fucking so delicious. Good. Yeah, we freeze ours and then we'll, same with our corn. Yeah. And then we'll use it. And yeah, they freeze really well. They, they do really Do you have well. a deep freeze out in your garage? We have a, a, one in the basement. Oh, okay. Not a very big one, a, the chest style. But I enough. that style. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be very big. It, the only thing that sucks about the chest style is like finding shit. Yeah. It, it, it's what works for the space we've got. Yeah. But, but yeah. No, the peas freeze really well. The corn freezes really well. So I saw all those pictures uh, of the the. St- the cars. I didn't know they were smelly. I didn't figure that the cars were running indoors. 
<laughs> Sometimes, drive yeah. a minute I out. thought it was just a car show that you were at. No, it's an auction. It's a classic car auction. I thought they pushed them in. Or no, do they drive them? Well, they have to drive them in the building. Sometimes they run them, but after a while, everyone's like, turn them off. They just push them on to the block. Like, everybody has gloves on, and they push them on. And so nice. What are you doing over there? Just trying to play music for all of us? She's we playing slots. Yeah, I'm playing slots. Wow. When ad started playing when I opened this. She's coloring is what she's doing. No, no, and she's found this that. app that is some coloring app. It tells me what things to color, and so it, it gives me something to do with my hands. <laughs> like, she's she's constantly coloring now. I color while I'm watching cool. TV. So, I color while I'm eating. How many cars did you buy, Jess? <laughs> uh, the, the car that I wanted sold for a lot of money, like and it didn't have a reserve on it. $30,000. It was a 1934. There was only like 500 of them made. It was... That's, stunning. See, and when I think of like <laughs> super old custom cars like that, I'm thinking like hundreds of thousands, not tens of thousands. Nope. So how many cars did they sell? Like the ones that, I should know that because I'm a clerk, but I don't go back and count. I just know how many cars were there. But they, the turnout was amazing this year and they sold a lot of cars. What was so. the highest price? Oh, I don't remember. 60, I think. See, I would, I just. Last this, year we sold two that were 125,000. I have so. this warped assumption that I would think that most of those old, beautiful, classic cars people are using gloves to push in are going to go for six figures, not 30 grand. But it is Utah and people are cheap. I mean, and there's well, it's also on like it was probably online free to get too. into too. So like what? there was no, it costs I think it was like twelve bucks. Oh, to that's get in. why because the the people down um, probably going to spend twelve. There, bucks. I think there was a beetle that the reserve was like eighteen thousand. I think it sold oh, for a bug. Yeah, it was nineteen sixty six. It's a really it was stunning. It came out of Brazil. Um, it <laughs> it could have. Um, I think the reserve the reserve was like eighteen thousand, and I think it sold for like twenty three or twenty four to somebody in North Carolina. And those things were fucking like four thousand new back in the sixties. This was that, yeah, this that. is beautiful though. But I like the I like the really really old ones. So I like like the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. I don't mind old cars; they're kind of cool looking. Except I couldn't drive any of them because they're all stick shifts. So. <laughs> you don't know how to start. I thought you knew how to drive stick. Oh. No. That is a skill that not a lot of people have. My boyfriend tried to teach me once, but that was it. And I don't understand why it's so hard for people to learn. Of course, I was taught in like the most fucked up manner possible. My mom. So I, I learned to like steer and stuff in, a, in an automatic, like a shitty old Ford. Um, but then when she actually was teaching me how to drive, she had a stick. So I learned how to shift and, you know, move in a stick. Well... I was brand new. This is the first time I've driven a stick in town. And she puts me in the car and she's like, okay, we're driving this way. And I'm driving. And then we go to a stoplight and I'm fucking terrified because then I get stopped at the stoplight, which is on a hill, uh. pointed up. And three light cycles I sat through. Three whole light cycles with a lot of fucking people honking their horns pissed off at me because I could not get the car to go and go up the hill without, like, I was terrified I was going to roll into the person behind me. And I'll tell you what, never had a fucking problem going in first gear since that that lesson. So when I Just give it a lot of gas. So when I went to the U, the hill's up there at the U. So I've only ever driven a stick. That's all we had growing yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, but when we were up at the U, I had a roommate who got a stick. He kind of sort of knew how to drive one, sort of. But he got a stick, and we're driving around campus. Same thing. We're stuck on one of those hills up by the U. He cannot... 
get it and he's get it freaking out and so he finally just puts it in park and gets out and so like, you do it <laughs> <laughs> your favorite person taught me how to drive stick which favorite person Dave. David. oh Dave. Dave. yeah the douchebag david the douchebag don't I be also jealous. painted my friend's house this weekend. What, like between. the whole house? Almost. <laughs> like inside or outside? Inside. How was she painted yeah. outside? It was stormy. I don't know. Maybe it may not have been stormy in the weather vortex. I don't know. It was in Layton. I don't know. It's the weather vortex. That's far enough away. That could be weather there. vortex up there. They well, get way more like snow. A, that's like a whole different state if we were back east. So it could be that's a true. totally different weather pattern. Yeah. Um, did you use like power sprayers? Nope. Just my hands. Rollers? No. So I did all of the trim, all of the edging, because I can do it without a taping. And so that's what I did. And then she went behind and rolled. Even if you could do it without taping, there's no goddamn way I would edge without taping. I didn't tape. There's no way I, I never would do tape, that. Unless I'm going around like a light switch or something. I couldn't do it. I just take the light switch L- cover off. Let me be things. clear. Let me be clear. We've taped, and I still fucking mess it up with the rollers. That, so so that's, that, Bree's that like, tapes. I cut, Bree cuts like a foot in from the taped off edge with the brush, and I will still fuck it up with a roller. And that the, the tape's a lie, the, the commercials, oh yeah, paint anything. You peel it off every time. It bleeds, it's like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. So why waste your time? The trick is you paint the color of the wall next to it that you're trying not to paint. Yeah, you paint that over the tape. And then that's what bleeds. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I did when I did my squares or, in my bathroom. Or get not savers tape, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also, stop using used tape. tape. Used painters tape is not great for. <laughs> it's like old tape. Yeah, that's just someone really, re-rolled it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's only partially sticky. <laughs> Man, all right. So um, let's talk about events then. There's some stuff happening. There are there there are stuff happen there is stuff happening. There are stuff there happen. are stuff happening. Yep. Uh last week we talked about the Cotopaxi Questival that is happening on the fifth. I believe tickets are still available. I still think Cotopaxi sounds like a feminine hygiene. You product. can get um every time. You can get your team together for the twenty four hour Come adventure on, race. Come on, don't laugh. It's true. You know it. Do I though? <laughs> uh the I know third it. uh Easter's coming up, so uh, the Chase Home Museum of Utah Folk Arts is hosting the European Egg Dyeing Workshop. Um, it's pretty cool. They use like wax and like really cool techniques to to get those. That's where you can send all your fucking extra eggs, Jeremy. Hey, yeah, let them give them to me. Them. I eat a lot of eggs. I eat a lot of eggs too. Um, <laughs> then on the sixth, uh, the guided tour up through the old railroad towns is happening. Uh, you can find out information. Through preservationutah.org. Middle for that. of the U.S., guys. Just yeah, middle. Tour the middle center. of the U.S. <laughs> center. Um, <laughs> next, next Every weekend. Every fucking time it makes me laugh. You guys are way too obsessed with that. It's funny. Well, it's, it's hilarious because it's just fucking Utah. It's like. Did man, they know better, really, though? One state away then? from the Gulf. <laughs> it, this, this wasn't like fucking the year two it was <laughs> it was the 1800s they knew the earth was round they had they maps. could measure distance they knew they had maps they'd been to california and like they made trains apparently but apparently the people on the east were much dumber is all i can figure like <laughs> that's we gotta meet in the middle <laughs> well uh next weekend there's some pretty fun stuff happening starting on the 10th um melinda's at our at time and place is doing another Terrarium class. It's not her doing it, but she's hosting it. So, 
Um, That's cool. That's yeah, they're cool. really awesome. I've I given up. Like, I love her shop. I've given up on plants. I think I killed my plant. I put it out in the sun for too long. <laughs> fucking killed every plant I I've ever owned. I thought sun was supposed to give life. We got, That's I why got, I don't ever go in it. I got these people in the office that have poinsettias. One of them's two years old, and it just keeps growing. Like they've managed. My to grandma used to be able to do that. I'm good with chicks and hens. Our point set is from Christmas. Are you talking July. about the marshmallow things? The no. chicks. What? No, no we're just talking about the ground cover. The they're no, they're succulents. Oh, they're like a ground. They like they'll just spread because oh. they just keep. Yeah. Anyway, so that's forty five dollars. I was and just thinking of circus peanuts. I'm sorry. I do like circus peanuts too. I like chicks and hens too. Um, also coming up, it's Nick, uh, our big, our good buddy Nick Passy, his monthly show at Estee Pizza. We got to we got to see him at uh, the market last week, two weeks ago. Nice. And we had a long conversation with him. Like we just kept talking about. So it was funny because I saw him walking in, and then we went over to Buzz to get coffee. He wasn't performing; he was just there. Yeah, he was yeah, just he there, was there, and he was talking about this. Was it was, uh, was like right across? The it was street. like it was like St. Patrick's the day the weekend. No, it was St. Patrick's Day weekend. Actually, it was the day of the parade. Um, he was getting coffee before he went and performed. Yeah, he had like three gigs that night, and he was just talking about how crazy things are because they're going to tour Europe soon, mm-hmm. uh, which year. is really fucking cool. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, so go and order pizza. Go watch the show and order pizza at Estee Pizza and Sugar House. Their pizza's so good. <laughs> That's the 11th. On the 12th and the 13th is uh, FitCon. And the only reason I'm talking about this because there's plenty of advertising is because there are two flipping awesome things that are happening there. <laughs> They're having sumo wrestling and then an armored combat league is also going to be there. <laughs> So it's through FitCon that we can get tickets for that? Because I saw that. I saw that fucking Armored Combat League and we were trying to find tickets and their website fucking sucks. Yeah. So it's We couldn't find tickets anywhere. So it's through FitCon. Okay. And it'll be, it's at the Salt Palace. And if you're like to work out and things like that. We're not talking about regular LARPing, folks. These people use real fucking swords. They fight, they travel the country and they fight each other with real fucking medieval weapons and have full-on like sword battles and shields yeah. and shit I so cannot... even if you don't want to go see the rest of fitcon because you're not Fuck a meathead FitCon, or anything, it's dumb go watch <laughs> sword i went fighting. to the very i think it was the first year that they had it down at the um expo center and i went and watched mma fighting <laughs> so that's the only time i've been but yeah so sumo wrestling it's called the sumo cup it's pretty much amazing and then the armored combat league so that's why you should go to FitCon. And then you should go buy records because the 13th is Record Store Day. And I know that you're not a record fan, but I feel that it's more about supporting small business. It also. is. I uh, don't have a record player. so. Well, it's not just re- it's Record Store Day. So yeah. they always have tons of specials, tons of special things that they give out. A lot of bands release albums only for that mm-hmm. particular day. Like record and the Store ambassador is... The lead singer Eddie Vedder, <laughs> like, oh, the lead singer Full Jam, Eddie Vedder, and uh, and and uh, like Graywell is fantastic mm-hmm. local record shop. We have a lot. Utah has a lot of awesome record shops. Yeah, we have all these fucking hipsters, hipsters. That's the problem. It's all these damn hipsters bringing records. I just got one signed. It was awesome. Anyway, um, so I I sent a message to someone. 
because um, we heard about the medieval fighting championship. What the fuck is the name of the league now? It's um, Advanced Combat. Yeah, Advanced Combat. <laughs> uh, and 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 John and Jack and I were planning to go, but we could not fucking figure out how to buy tickets. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you're going without me because I think Ashley is going and I can't go to FitCon if Ashley's there. Well, technically, we wouldn't attend any other part of FitCon. We would just watch. She probably wouldn't swords. do the swords either. No, her and the her and the the two receptionists. I say that loosely because the one isn't a receptionist anymore. But last year she was when they her went. Her and the sisters. Yeah, they go and they get drunk and then they go to FitCon. <laughs> huh. To each their own. To each their own. I just go to the gym and get fit that way. Okay, so sorry, Jess. Sorry, record short day. And then the marathon is this weekend. We got asked to. Oh yeah, oh, we I got totally asked to help with a water station, which I don't think we're gonna do because we have a funeral. Yeah, through Team RWB. Wow. Um, I don't know if we'll do it or not. We'll see. We got we got construction to do in the house this weekend too. Oh yeah, so the thirteenth. It's the thirteenth. So it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um. Oh, fuck, that is next weekend, not this weekend. Right? Yeah, it's next weekend. I think that Sunshine was talking about something. They moved else. it up a week. No, no, she's talking about Water Station for the marathon. I would assume they moved it up a week because the weekend after that is Easter. So, but I, th- I was thinking it was this weekend for some reason. No. But it was totally what she was talking about. General the conference, so there's yeah, no way. They're there's gonna no way. Try. It's going to rain. But the it marathon, the marathon is way too early in the year usually, and it's fucking insane. And don't go downtown when it's happening. Don't go downtown. And then I saw that you put Fanex. I didn't put Fanex on because I figured we'd talk about it next week because then it's two weeks out. But we can talk about it now. Yeah. Well, I mean, just get your tickets in advance. You really missed the boat on the great deals, but they're still cheaper now than they are at the door. And I can't. It's only two days this year. Um, but and t- to be clear, we don't. To be clear, Fanex is always two days. No, it's usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, Comic Con was three days. Fanex was always two days. It's been it has it's, been three it's days. It's been before. three as well. Yeah. But it's only two. It's only Friday and Saturday. Um, but I was impressed. So, like, Zachary Levi is coming back. I know. And and you want to talk is about... Is it his second or third time here? At least his second. I think it's just his second. But this is what's crazy about it. He's in a fucking movie that opens this weekend. Yes. Shazam. Shazam. He's the Which lead in Shazam. Probably the top movie at the box office this yeah. weekend. And I love Zachary Levi. I, I'm glad that he's found some, some great work outside of... Uh, I'm super excited that the devil's going to be here. Oh, yeah. Lucifer from Lucifer, whatever his name is. Um, I don't know what his name is, but I love him. So I'm excited. I'm going to I don't know how I'm going to do the the con this year. I'm, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on another episode. Um, we don't we don't go as press per se, um, but uh, maybe we'll record some stuff. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll fucking figure it out. But I did want to mention it. Um, it is a it is a big deal uh, to have that here in Salt Lake, and that's worth mentioning. So, real quick, real quick, I want to go back to to chickens and eggs. Jesus, it's chicks and hens, dude. <laughs> it's chicks and hens. Except for mine's chickens and eggs. So, so we've had an egg surplus because I've been trying this new thing where I ferment the chickens' food. So you're like getting them drunk, basically. So you ferment the food for three days. Does that make the eggs taste better? It's supposed to. Oh, really? Spo- seriously? Did we get? Alcoholic eggs? Yes. So yeah. No, we got drunk chicken eggs. Drunk chicken eggs. It's a little different. The you eggs fer- aren't alcoholic, but the chicks are. So it's if the babies hatch, they have fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> they can't walk right. It's fetal chicken alcohol syndrome. Like one right leg's backwards, just weird stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. No, so so I've been so I've been it's it's all over Pinterest and, and the, the hipster chicken farmer stuff lately about 
about did you hipster chicken farm? Hipster chicken farm. I'm trying it. Facas fetal chicken alcohol syndrome. <laughs> Facas. So you take their food and you ferment it. And so I've been doing it for the last couple, about a week and a half. And it, I mean, it really ferments and it bubbles up and it's, it's anyway, then you strain it and you give it to them. So it's, it's like a soft mash. But the whole idea is that the enzymes that grow in it are supposed to be really good for the chickens, for their health, increase the egg production. So chickens like moldy food, basically. Is basically, but they love it. it yeah. out there. Dude, they fucking eat anything. That's Those chickens, I've seen them eat anything. If you throw a shoe in there and it looks like it could be food, they'll, they'll try to eat it. They'd probably eat it. So anyway, that's that's. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm thinking, that's why we all of a sudden have the big boost of eggs. Nice, nice. So, so like the chickens are getting a little frisky. They're like, yeah, it's time to ovulate, not frisky, that's drunk. Yeah, but they get frisky because they're drunk, and they're like, it's time to ovulate. Where the fuck my rooster's at? <laughs> then afterwards, they're all tired and got the munchies. <laughs> Dude, they're not getting high. Come on now. Do you, feed them like, do you feed them like greasy burritos afterwards? They did anything afterwards, but they're all happy. That's good. Anyway, That's good. so I've been trying. Do they it, ever so. stumble around? Like, do you, can you tell if they're drunk? Do they ever fall off the ramp? <laughs> <laughs> they do that anyway. They're yeah, I was going to say, they're fucking dumb. I've seen them do it. They're, just in the middle of the afternoon. Are those new ones still trying to escape the top? No. Well, I put that I put that mesh covering over the top so they can't get out. And then I... But, however... I, How I, many of your old ones have died? Because there were some that were looking pretty uh, pretty bad. I think we lost four of them this winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there were a few of the old ones. Like, they just walk and, like, half their feathers fell out off one yeah. side. <laughs> so, I, I think I think our oldest ones are all gone now. However, I've got to... I'm going to redo the inside... Open it up, make it a little bit bigger, make a few changes. But anyway, so for me, still the coop or the little shed next inside to the coop. So they just and they they still only lay in like two boxes. They're like, fuck that! I want all the uh, eggs in here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's so weird. Yes, yeah, so there's four boxes and there's only ever like two that have eggs in them. I don't know why. Fucking weird. There's like twenty eggs. They're like falling off because there's yeah. so many eggs. Well, and every once in a while they will fall out, and every once in a while they'll they'll get broken because there's so many in it. And we collect every day. Yeah. But yeah, the chickens. Chickens. Anyway, I just wanted to give that update on the fermented. They chicken have chicken feed. brains. It's true. <sighs> it's true. It's true. And I mean, some of them, if you're not careful, they're gonna have fetal chicken alcohol syndrome. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. Chicken AA. That might be what this episode's called. <laughs> you know, our episodes that have titles that have to do with your chickens generally do better anyway, so I'm just saying. Chicken like, AA. Ch- <laughs> Addicting chickens to alcohol. Um, My name is Henrietta. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> My name is Mr. Fluffy Pants. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I know. He's long gone. Rest in peace. Pour one out for him, would you? Next time you ferment their food. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're spilling a little on the ground. They're like, it's for Mr. Mr. Fluffy, Fluffy Pants. Pants. How many of those chickens even know Mr. Fluffy Pants? Because most of them I don't think any of them passed, have, right? right? Yeah. That's a while ago. Yep. Yep. I don't think any of them now. You need a well, new rooster. At least rooster. Josh is safe if he ever comes over to your house again. Well, so we did have that one last year that turned out to be a rooster. I know. I don't know why you got rid of it. Well, we got rid of it. You should have kept it. Roosters tend to be mean. So? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jonathan was scared of feeding the chickens. Huh? Yeah. No, you just got to fucking show who's boss. You kick it once. It'll yeah, it'll stop. It'll chill out. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It's just like mean dog. You just kick it once in the face. It's done. It stops me. Tell that boy to stop being kidding. so damn respectful to those animals and hurt them. That's right. By the way, as a public service announcement, I don't endorse kicking dogs, by the way. <laughs> or chickens. Oh, did you guys see? Did we talk about that story with the kid getting his hand bit off by the dogs, the next door dogs in Layton or whatever? No, we did not. So up in, up in uh, was it Layton? 
Uh, I think it was Leighton. Um, there was a, a little boy stuck his hand through a fence. Now, the story is very, like, and it's not ever been really clear, but essentially there were a couple of Huskies next door, uh, or Malamutes, I can't remember what. Huskies. Um, and, and probably pseudo-wolf hybrid would be my guess. It doesn't really matter. But uh, they bit the kid's hand off completely. Like he had to be, he, he lost yeah, it up he, to his elbow. He, he was amputated from just past his elbow down. So he has a nub that bends. They were able to keep his elbow joint, which is going to be a big save for him later in life. But he was like three and a half, four years old, something like that. Um, and some people had said he stuck his hand through the fence with a sock in it. And others said, well, the dogs, gloves on. the dogs came under the fence and attacked him. Like they were digging under it and attacked him. Kind of shitty. Uh, not really clear. Nothing why. happened to the dogs except for that they got taken. They got taken, so the owner. But they didn't get put to sleep. No, no, they're they're being sent to a, a sanctuary. Sanctuary um, out of state. That's they, weird because Malamutes don't. Well, well they were huskies. Yeah, they don't tend to be like that kind no, of. No, my guess is if you're a dog on the other side and you've had you know stuffed toys and this thing comes through and it's wiggling and it's made of yarn because you've got now you've got a little kid glove on well, you're thinking it's a, toy. it's a toy so the dog owner was going to be cited for uh, uh housing dangerous animals or whatever the hell that is they dropped the charges because the dog owner turned the dogs over to the animal control um, and I think that's like they probably weren't being properly cared for and trained properly. So, because I mean, think about like even Leah and Leah had super strong, massive jaws. She would have known not to bite down as soon as she realized it wasn't a stuffed animal. That's true. Like, so I, I just have a hard but time. We had to train her because remember when she first Again. came to us, Sean would, would well, yes. scream Sean was and a dog crawl up in a ball, and Leah would nip at her, and we had to tell, show Sean, you have to stand up and not scream and tell her no in a firm voice, and it only took like a week, and not even that whole week before Leah was like, oh, well, that's what I'm saying. You're my that, friend. That's what I'm saying. Like clearly, the dog owner was not a great dog owner, so. I see lots of them. Just go to the fucking farmer's market on, <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, not the winter market because they're not allowed, thank God, in the Rio Grande. Um, but like the open air market in Pioneer Park. And you'll see basically the, the like, fucking don't bring your dog if your dog's an asshole. Just don't bring him. Like, don't fucking take your dog to PetSmart if he's a piece of shit and he fucking attacks every other dog. There's socializing animals and there's a way to do it. And it's not take it to fucking PetSmart and not control the damn thing when he's a fucking asshole. And don't victim shame a four-year-old child. No. It doesn't. Look, even if the kid fucking stuck his arm through the fence with a fucking sock on it, he's four. He has no idea that that's wrong or that that's something that he shouldn't do. And honestly, it's something he should fucking be able to do. So, and, and don't get mad at his parents. He's a fucking four-year-old kid that was playing in his own backyard. You'd think he would be safe. Uh, also, speaking of the farmer's market, there's only a couple left until they take about a month and a half break, I, and then it starts up again at the beginning of June. I got to be honest with you. I'm really excited for the summer market. I'm dying for the summer market. The winter market's great. Um, I'm glad that I can get my heroin and my meat at the same time. <laughs> um, but it is like, oh, I didn't realize they sold seeds, so that was something new. There was a bunch of, of seeds from local farms there. Which is I that where was you nice. got some seeds? or N- No, because most of what they had when we went was still a lot of flowers and stuff. They weren't oh. selling as many of the, the vegetables and stuff. So I've got some, and I've got seeds from last year, but I'm going to throw those away because those did not grow very well. So when you get your seeds, go somewhere like IFA 
or Cal Ranch. Uh, not Walmart? No. <laughs> not the mass-produced shit seeds from, no. from uh, Dos Santos? I, I wouldn't. Or whatever it is. Because I, and the reason why I said it is from experience. I've bought those before, and I just do not have luck with them. I just, I get them all. For me, IFA is right around the corner, yeah. so that's where I get. It. Well, and I, I, I think I'm going to go to IFA and get some potato starts and stuff. Yeah, they, uh, this they, weekend. yeah, they have them. I know they do. Ninety nine cents a pound. I know. And then if you don't use them all, you can just cook them. True. They're just baby potatoes. Just with, cut um, them, so you can cut them, so you can get anywhere from two to four starts per potato, depending on the yeah. size of the potato. Uh, and I'm planning to just keep my garden bed going up until the top of my retaining wall, and so then I'll dig out all the potatoes, mm-hmm. like four feet tall of soil. Is that? Yeah, that should uh, still. You're shaking your head in total seriousness, and I'm joking. I'm not oh. fucking putting that much topsoil into my garden. Dude. <laughs> I'm not going to build my garden up three feet just to grow potatoes. Just let it go down. Let yeah. it do its thing. So anyway, um, should we talk about some news? Do you have, that's it for events, right? Because I know I droned on for like ten minutes after you finished. No, because then we talked about the kid. That's, that's true. news. I guess that is news. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of news. Um, so next week. Uh, next week we're going to be doing our legislative review, um, so we'll kind of leave most of that news out. There's not an article that I put in here because it's just an email that I got from Ben McAdams, and it's not local legislation, but I thought it was worth noting. So it's local for me, he's my he's my congressman. Mine too. So you know, Prop Two um, is tier ish in Utah, and Ben is working on a national level to. Uh, work on banking so that it's not considered a problem in medical marijuana and purchasing. And so, oh. and that, and it already, it's already gone past the committee and it is now into the house to vote. Yeah. I, I hope that the Senate it can get through the Senate. That's the, that's the concern. Cause I don't think it'll have a problem passing the house, uh, but it's got to get through the Senate and then it's got to have. Um, That's as far as it is. That's what the email said before. Then it's got to have so. Orange 45 sign off on it. So. On a federal level, and I know this isn't the, the new federal podcast, but on a federal level, they just need to drop the whole thing. And because most states are interested in or have legalized it. So on a federal level, they just need to yeah. let it go. Well, if they if they don't, it will eventually end up in the Supreme Court, I think. Oh, well, because it is it is a it is a states versus federal issue. Yeah, but do we have a state? Do we have a Supreme Court that's going to be friendly to it? I don't know. Um, look, we saw some major division in the Supreme Court this week uh, in that death penalty case, um, and you you saw really where the conservatives and liberals kind of split. The hope is. The, the justices, with the exception of, of dipshit frat boy, um, are, are reasonable uh, in terms of their adjudication um, and that that politics don't play as much of a role that, that they do while they have a conservative or, or, or a liberal approach typically, um, but they do see things. And, and traditionally, the court, no matter who has been on the court, when it comes to states' rights versus federal rights, they almost always rule in favor of states. There are cases where they have not. Interstate commerce is a is a big question, though, and that's exactly where this case would fall, where this type of case well, would fall. Well, like I said, where, where a lot of states, a whole lot of states have legalized it, and most states are at least entertaining research and different things, you would think on the federal level they would say, okay, it's time. Yeah, well, and that's a, that's a big thing holding up, like, businesses and banks, like, anyone really getting into it is is they just simply can't. We uh, talked to our first insurance carrier who said that they would write marijuana risks today. 
um, that if now that the law is changing here, she, she mentioned that, um, if we had an LRO, which is the lesser's risk only, which is like, if Chris owns a building and then Jeremy rents office space from him, Chris doesn't own any businesses there. His business is the building. Um, if Jeremy's business was selling marijuana, there's a lot of insurance companies that still won't write that risk. And so this one has some, some options for writing that risk or yours. Like if you were the marijuana seller to actually write insurance coverage for your business. So it's a step in the right direction. It is. It's, it's been kind of difficult because, um, of the banking issue that you were talking about, their proceeds are drug, it's drug money and that's what they're paying their insurance with. And so insurance gathering premium from it is, it's kind of in a weird, right. weird spot for them. So, um, this trailer, this bean trailer. <laughs> it's so cool. I went, I went and looked at all the pictures and stuff. I wish I could find more inside pictures, but it's really cool. The kitchen is like in the back and then the inside turns into like a bed, but it looks like it folds away so that there's like space in there. But it's just this little teeny trailer that can just be pulled. It's super lightweight and the whole top of it's all made of one piece of construction yeah, so it doesn't leak. It's basically just a fiberglass shell uh, that they've molded. Um, so it looks very similar to your typical teardrop trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is. that's basically the design. And all they do is sell beans out of it, right? Like coffee beans? No. I don't know. What is it? It's the trailer is for sale. You can go and buy the trailer oh. to go camping. So let's go back and start like at the I was, beginning. I, I read the article and I was There's I a was competition like, you called... read the article if you don't know what it is. I was really confused. Called The Coolest Things Made in Utah. And they had 222 submissions, which says a lot about Utah. Um, there were... Well, I just keep seeing this bean trailer and I'm like, do they sell beans out of the trailer? No, it's bean shaped. Okay, that makes more sense now. Because <laughs> the trailer's really cool. There were a ton of, there was a ton of competition, Jess. They start at like $10,000 and go up to like, I think it was sixteen or something and you design it yourself. You go on the line and you, I didn't keep going, but you can pick different things. Trailers to candy to name tags and houseboats. That's crazy. What's the UMA? What's the name of that organization? Utah Manufacturers oh, Association. That's who did the contest. Yes. Um, wow. That's kind of cool, though. I mean, yeah, they whittled, they whittled 222 uh, creators down to 25, then to 10, and then to 3. Like, I want one of these. So the, the three, besides the bean trailer, they also had the Capstone Nutrition Chewable vitamins and then Edwards Life Sciences uh, transcatheter heart valve frame. So those were the so, and that's a broad <laughs> spectrum of like things. <laughs> that building is down the street from my work. That's really cool. That's really. I want cool. one of those bean trailers. Neat. They make it like a little platform on the top that can that can house. I, it doesn't look like it's their brand. It looks like it's other brands, but that can house tents on top of the bean trailer so like you and your your spouse could sleep on the trailer and you can put your kids up on the roof <laughs> uh who found the story about the hotel in Provo? i did because we did they did this in salt lake really? like, did you just ask that did you think jeremy or i did it well i mean clearly you knew a lot about the first story so i read it i, I, I read the story i didn't know he was I, giving look i've been the fucking busy yeah, all right so this was in the daily herald and i just thought it was i just thought it was really neat that they 
I didn't remember the one in Salt Lake. Yeah, so there was one in Salt Lake that they did. So basically, they turned about a year and a half ago. We talked about something like that. Yeah, maybe not even that long ago. So there's one down on State Street, and like I don't know, fucking like where all the shitty seedy motels like the are. Or yeah. some but they bought the city north of 2100 South. The, the city bought <laughs> the the hotel and turned it into basically livable studio apartments for. So they renovated it. They gated it off. And they turned it into livable studio apartments for low-income housing, basically transition housing for homeless people. Now, I don't know. Is this the same as the Provo place? Is that what they're doing with it is transition housing? So, yeah, mostly. I guess I would say that because yeah. they're working with Wasatch Mental Health as a partner and um, and the church, obviously, because it's in Provo. <laughs> but... Um, well, the church donated like all the beds and stuff for it. They signed. They signed a fifteen-year master lease. Provo Housing awesome. Authority did. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I mean, we talk about it a lot. There's not a lot of affordable housing in Utah. It's 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 even worse now than it was a year ago. And this type of thing, where they're actually creating environments for people to try and get on their feet, so they can save enough money to get into. Well, it gives them the address for work. Yep, they have an address. They have a place to go to where they can get a good night's sleep. Well, and then a they have a rental history too, so that once they do get on their feet and they have enough money to rent a normal space, they can give this as a reference for yeah, we pay our rent on time. Exactly. That's. A, I mean, it's a huge deal. So I'm really glad to see them doing something with those really seedy, shitty motels. Because <laughs> that's what they are. I don't know that they're good for much else other than renting by the hour sort of situations. So. Well, or like um, Oleo. That used to be one of those motels. So they turned it into a mm-hmm. business. To a, like a travel lodge or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because after speaking uh, to, to folks over there, they can't really redevelop that land. <laughs> and the reason they can't redevelop that land is it's old mining land and there's a bunch of shit that's there's like there. some tailings, I think. And, and they... And, and they uh, no one wants to do it because they basically have to rip all the soil out and bring a whole bunch more in because of the tailings that used to be there. Sounds like daybreak. Uh, well, what it does sound like is the silver mine in Park City. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that the silver mines have been gone for a long time up in Park City. Um, but what's not gone is all the tailings that they have left up there that are fucking up Provo, uh, Provo fucking up Park City, um, specifically by Silver Creek. Um, they dumped tons. Of, I mean, this is back in the days when companies just dumped whatever they fucking wanted into waterways and spillways. When it's like 1920s, wasn't it? Yeah, like, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, until we actually realized, oh fuck, you just destroyed entire water sources. You can't do that anymore. Um, so there was a deal on the table um, from the United Park City Mines Company. Um, but they have not been paying, and they owe a basically a million dollars. Nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, basically a million dollars, uh, because Park City's been trying to clean this up anyway. Because it's, I mean, it's it's a big deal. It's a big problem. It's it's totally fucked that whole area. Well, this says that the the tailings date back to the eighteen eighties. Well, look at the, there's a number in there somewhere that's like it's ten thousand three hundred and eighty something times ten thousand three hundred and eight times above the concentration the EP allows for residential hey, use. I did that number from memory yeah, reading at work crazy. and Good I job. only and it's, reversed and the what it is, is is heavy metal. So when they go and they mine the earth and they're taking all the not the same thing. They're taking all the mean. silver out. <laughs> the byproducts, the stuff that the stuff that's left over, zinc Lead, cadmium, those are heavy metals that are really fucking dangerous heavy for people. <laughs> he started it, I tried to ignore it, and then you put it in the mic. <laughs> then I sing it. So, because well, you know, if you dump it in water, it just goes away. 
Yeah, I mean that's totally the throwing the like. Uh, that's totally the case. But speaking yeah, so of do that with your meds too. Speaking of cold, snowy places, um, the canyons. Uh, when we say the canyons, there's a lot of canyons in Utah, but specifically we're talking about big and little cottonwood, uh, the ski resort canyons. Um, so here in in Utah, there's a bunch of different ways to get to a bunch of resorts. Um, and, and there's some new stuff that's happened over the last few years where people are able to get... So it used to be you would pick a pick a place like Brighton, and you'd get a, a season pass for Brighton, and that's where you would ski or snowboard all year. Uh, and every once in a while, you would go to a different place, but really it's not cost-effective. Skiing is expensive. It's a very expensive hobby because um, lift passes are expensive, and you have to drive up there, and basically once you're up there, you got to pay them. Equipment's expensive. The equipment's not cheap, though the equipment you can, you know, lasts over years. Um, but just even just the act of going skiing is very expensive. Like one day on the slopes is 100 bucks, right? It's like going to a theme park, basically. But you can get season passes. So it used to be you just got a season pass for a particular park. Well, over the last few years, um, the the different groups around Utah, like Ski Utah, have been able to come up with these um, basically epic ski passes, um, being able to link multiple parks together. And so you could then get a, a ski pass, and not just for locals, but, but even for folks from out of state, you could get a ski pass that gets you into Snowbird and Alta and Brighton, um, all kind of at the same time so you could go to one then go to the next the next day if you wanted um so that coupled with the great year we've had for snow has led to the worst traffic jams going up the mountain so you think like oh, i'm gonna go up to this remote mountain ski resort it's like going to zions they're gonna have to start capping stuff yeah and then you're fucking in traffic going up a 20 minute drive for two hours well that remember that guy that got all pissed about this parking space well and that's just what's happening right so the parking lots fill up really fast and then people are forced to park along the the road basically which is treacherous for a mile to two miles down the canyon and then they have to hike up to the resorts which is insane that's steep people and <laughs> And like so, it's not bad enough. Like the people well, in Utah really are doing shoulders it. on the road either. So you're like walking in the road. And so it's bad enough that people in Utah are doing it. But then you add on all the tourist traffic, right? Which is big money for for Utah. But these guys rent cars. They go up the canyons. They go stay at Snowbird. They ski at Snowbird one day. They want to go hit up Alta. They go over to Alta. They go out of that canyon and into the other canyon to go up to another resort. Um, even and they're though, staying in the valley because it's cheaper. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than to stay at the resort. But sometimes they'll even stay at Snowbird and then go ski at Brighton the next day. And so they have to go down the canyon and come back up. And these guys are idiots. And there's actually a, a problem. A lot of rental cars are fucking falling off the road. Because they go up the canyon too fast, or they don't know what they're doing, or they, they slide off and they go down the cliff, and then the backup is even worse, because they got to wait for people to come fucking rescue this car. Well, those canyons are treacherous, and there's some of those areas where it's narrow, narrow, and steep. Yeah, I don't understand how bicyclists do it in the summer. There's no fucking way Crazy. I would bike up that canyon. That is just asking for someone to fucking hit They're you. They're pedaling as hard as they can. Going up the Alpine Loop is terrifying in the summertime <laughs> because of that. I like Driving up any of those canyons is really harrowing for me because of all the bicyclists. Is it Little Cottonwood that, that Ooh, has emigrations. that switchback? Yeah. Immigration is the, the worst. Because those bicyclists that. don't give a fucking immigration. That switchback on, I think it's Little Cottonwood. Yeah. That thing is crazy. That S curve but it's really tight yeah 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 i think it's a little cottonwood but and anyway then, and then guardsmen. you have bikers on it what at guardsmen i think guardsmen so pass yeah and then and then you put 
put bikes bikers on top of it. But I can only imagine in the wintertime when he got snow piled up on the side. But even you know, even worse than the traffic, right? Think about the pollution levels, right? Cars do emit a lot of pollution and that's you you're sitting idling basically going up a mountain for two hours in your car. That's craziness. So did they did the article come up with solutions? No, it was just presenting the problem and it is something that needs to uh, be addressed and it probably will because it. it's the end of the season um, a lot of resorts are staying open till uh, the like the weekend of the 14th I think is what I heard extra snow uh-huh. yeah now, and so hopefully over the summertime they'll have conversations they do have this. buses don't they that pick you up well they the do yeah, there's park and ride yeah. lots at the base of the, the but community. it might come to the point where they even do like a Zion's thing and where past a certain point like you're required to take mass transit you can't take your car yeah but that, that'll never happen that that'll never happen because of the resorts because the resorts have parking and restaurants and hotels, and they they feed off of those people, so they have to figure out a way to do it with with those exceptions. But you have to make mass transit better than the park and ride buses. The mm. buses simply aren't good enough. And the problem is, if you get on a bus and it takes you two hours to get up the canyon because of all the other traffic, why would you do that? Because then when you want to come down, you have to wait for a bus. Um, so people, it's just like taking a bus through Salt Lake. You're not going to fucking do it if it's not effective. If it's not more efficient, why would you do it? So if they could create, you know, some sort of tram system up there or give the buses their own lane Gondolas. that they can use, like th- that's the kind of thing that I think people would start riding the bus. If they could somehow carve out a lane that was buses only, like they did on the express stuff that they did on 35th South. Or in some sort of a train system trolley system yeah so rail system if they something. can if they can figure that out and obviously none of that is stuff that happens overnight it's hard to build roads in those canyons but if they can figure something like that out i think it would be tremendous it would it would help a lot uh okay i i actually found this story and i part in part found it because um jeremy um but also just because i think this person's really cool um so Wally Wright um, just passed away. Wally Trolley. Yeah, that's what they that's what they used to call him. Um, so Wally Wright is uh, the guy who created Trolley Square, basically. So Trolley Square, prior to that, was a bunch of old barns and basically shitty area uh, of Salt Lake. And he said, "We well, can do something with this." So it really was the original trolley station. Mm-hmm. So back at the turn of the century, when Salt Lake really, truly, honestly had trolley cars that ran up and down, that really was the station. That's where they docked. So they'd make their rounds through Salt Lake City, downtown Salt Lake, and they'd come back to the trolley station. So that's what it originally was, the trolley station and then the outbuildings and the, the service buildings, maintenance buildings. And then, of course, the trolley stopped being used, and it turned into basically a bus barn. So a big eyesore. And a trash collector. Yeah, a bunch of trash. But he decided that they could do something better with it, uh, develop the area, and create it. Trolley Square. Now, he did a bunch of other stuff, too, um, but that's the one that's probably the, the most known for, for him because it still stands today. It's still used today. It's a beautiful space. Uh, I wish they'd find a way to continue to use it. Um, I think it's dying in terms of being like a, a shopping center, and I think they need to do something similar to what the Gateway did and, and try to turn it back into more of an entertainment-style district. Um, but tro- I mean, tro- Trolley Square is just absolutely beautiful. He was able to keep a lot of the old trolley station intact. Um, the facade, the building facade, is is much the same as the floors, the yeah. cobblestone floors, all that stuff. Yeah, those is are the a same. bitch to walk in in heels. <laughs> <laughs> but they're beautiful, and it's not that's not the kind of stuff that you see anymore. Uh, and so, I mean, he did some other stuff too. He um, he renovated Saltaire. Yeah, he 
he actually got the ride. So the rides that are at Liberty Park, uh, he's the one that put those in. Oh, uh, so um, the, did he put the P train there too. <laughs> the toilet train. No, I don't think he put the toilet. <laughs> That's just any caboose, man. Um, he also had the Alpines. He did the Alpine slide up in Park City. Um, so he's done a bunch. Um, he did the the Judge Building. Wow, I didn't realize he did the Judge Building. Um. And uh, the Boston building. He's done a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff in his time. Uh, he was. Uh, he had a bunch of kids too. And it's really funny how they list him because it's like children of this person and then like other children. <laughs> so he was uh, he was an Air Force uh, pilot uh, for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, just a cool dude. Uh, did a lot of stuff uh, for Utah. Succumbed to Alzheimer's. Um, really brilliant uh, architect, I think, though. I have to read it because it's so funny. So it's like he survived by both wives because he was married twice by six children with and then it lists the wife's name and the kids names and this is, and another child and that kid's name. Two stepchildren, blah, blah, blah. Four siblings, blah, just randomly the and child. another child. Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't like know. to talk about him. That's that's uh, old Derek. He doesn't have a name. That's the one they were like, eh, I don't know if we need a fifth. Let's just give this one up. And then they're like, oh, let's have a sixth. Shit. We should count that fifth, even though they don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I just made it up in case uh, the listening audience is wondering. Um, anyway, yeah, I think that's it for news. I think we're uh, we're good. We are joined uh, this evening by Steve uh, from the Utah Cheese Awards and now the Utah Cheese Festival, or is it the Salt Lake Cheese the Festival? The Salt Lake Cheese Festival. Better get that right. It should be the Utah Cheese Festival. <laughs> so those of you who, uh, who remember our review, wasn't it in City Weekly? Was it in City Weekly? No, it was actually no. its, own, um, its own article. So we reviewed the Cheese Awards. So we found, oh, we found yeah. the cheese. We found an article on the Cheese Awards. I think it was from the Provo Herald or the Provo... Yeah, the Herald. Daily Herald. Maybe. Yeah, the Daily Herald down in Provo, I think, ran an article on it. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> is, do we have a cheese awards? How have I never heard about the cheese awards? So, Turns out it's pretty new. We right? had a whole thing on one of our shows about it. Yeah, wow, we, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about we talked about it for like, I don't know, probably 20, 30 oh, minutes. So, yeah. so you were there at Shades of Pale? No. No, no, we just found the article, the article and we were super oh, excited. And we were like, okay, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Jesus ah, does. Who doesn't like I didn't know about the article either. My daughter, because she's out. weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll dig it up for you. And yeah. send it to so you. so then, we're like, then we're like, we got to talk to this guy. Who's, who, who is in charge of this magic? So then just did her magic and found you. She is quite magical. Yeah. Um, so are you, are you <laughs> from Utah, Steve? I am from Utah. I was born in Rose Park and... Um, uh, from about two on, I uh, lived in the East Mill Creek area, just down from Mill Creek Canyon. Went to Skyline High School. I wow. dated someone from Skyline High School. <laughs> <laughs> There's your connection right there. Bree is the always the one to find. It is what it is. It's uh, you know people have uh, a response to them. They were always. Uh, Felt pretty good about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I went to Granger, so they always felt better than me. So you, you grew up here in Utah, and, and you've kind of stuck around. Kind of take us through what you've done uh, over uh, the years leading up to the cheese more boards. More or less. So, um, uh, you know, I was born in Rose Park. I uh, grew up, to, uh, moved up to East Mill Creek area. And, you know, went through all my schools, elementary, junior high, and high school. were all there in a row there. And I started getting interested in art um, in the 
12, 13-year-old uh, age or so. And so I really kind of went for that in uh, junior high school and high school. And by what high kind school, of art were you interested in? Well, I was just kind of interested in, you know, one thing that always sticks out is uh, my parents invited, it was actually my dad's uncle up. And I remember drawing a sketch of him once that that pleased them enough that it was uh, an encouragement. I know that's one of the first things that, and, uh, so I just took all the art classes. Uh, you know, I remember, uh, being really into stained glass in junior high. That was a pretty, and I've still, some of that stuff's still around. Did they teach that? They did at Wasatch. Yeah. How things have changed. I don't think they'd allow that. They probably don't even have art anymore. (laughs) Uh, Soldering iron is too dangerous. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I mean, my my shop teacher when I was a kid cut his thumb off. So nubby, yeah, old nubs. <laughs> what we used to call them. I watched some kid take his finger through a bandsaw while cutting a piece of like acrylic because we made stupid keychains because they didn't trust us to make anything else. And the kid still like bandsawed part of his finger off. <laughs> then we had three more weeks of safety before we could go back into shop. The good old days. Yeah. So then um, when I got to uh, Skyline High, they had a, a graphics that I took in ninth grade. And um, then I took a bunch of other classes, ceramics, jewelry making, painting. Um, and then the uh, senior year, you could actually kind of have that as a vocational class, they called it. So it was first period, and I did that. And that was... That was good. We did all kinds of projects, screen printed. We did uh, we did a lot of stuff. You know, I, I learned some stuff there. So um, you got a lot of exposure to a lot of different things in high school, which yeah. is not, not super common these That's days. That's good, though, to get that broad base, and then you can see what you like, what worked, what didn't work. Yeah, one of the uh, – my friends in uh, – who had actually been a friend, we were collaborating since um, about fourth grade, is a guy named Ed Bateman, and he was just um, named one of the – 15 most influential artists in Utah right now. Wow. He uh, wow. went on to become a professor at the uh, U after a long time working at Borg Anderson and Associates and really being just Photoshop from the ground. I mean, from like day one. And so there was, uh, it was, it was good. And so uh, by, by the senior year, I uh, decided that the, maybe that the Utah state would be a good place to go. Um, they have had a commercial art, uh, program there for um, uh, quite a while, and they did good outreach with the other high schools, and uh, um, seemed like a good thing, and we could swing it. So I I went to Logan, and uh, basically went through there really pretty quickly, um, just uh, four four years and one quarter. <laughs> La- uh, the last, <laughs> well, okay, no, I have to rephrase that. Four years, that one quarter, and, and two quarters, and so the. My last quarter, uh, I didn't do too well. I was it was uh, it was kind of a crazy time and just, just it's different college, everyone different things. <laughs> I stayed that summer and lived in Logan, which is Logan in the summer is just great. And uh, I kind of at that point, I guess I kind of knew that I needed six credits. And but uh, um, after I left Logan, I'd kind of. I don't know. I was just looking for some kind of reboot. Uh, the first uh, kind of relationship I ever had, and that was. Probably not what I what I saw it to be, and that, and I was kind of like, and uh, a professor there was saying like New York City, you know, she was from New York. Everybody, most of the program in Utah State was LA based. Go to New York, and so I'd been a, in the Grateful Dead, and found out they were doing some tours, and <laughs> oh, I yeah. just kind of that was it, you know. Right, well, you'll sell your car and and go out there, and uh, it was 
it was a total seat of my pants in a lot of ways. Um, I, I didn't know where I was going to live. And uh, I happened to be in touch the very last, that summer semester, with the daughter of a professor who was named Harrison Groudage, a uh, great guy. Um, and her cousin was the, there. And so there were a couple of Utah State people that were a year ahead of me. And I asked him, and sure enough, the guy showed up in the subway, led me to his Dominican na- neighborhood, was just as gracious as could be, um, and just kind of let me stay there almost as long as I wanted. And uh, and uh, the, the process of trying to get a job um, was what not what it is today, because you had a physical portfolio you know you before, the, before the internet yeah. right. and uh you take it to the agencies and, and drop it off because you, know, you didn't want to get in their in their time and you didn't really even know if they looked at it or not and then you had to keep it there for three days and it just uh i i really didn't get any the, the closest i got was kind of running to somebody in in, in a bar and uh um, and the day, the day Bernard Getz got shot, I kind of had an episode, and I'm not exactly sure what happened, but, um, you, you know, it was kind of, I was in a rough neighborhood, and I just kind of like, uh, uh, and I haven't really had very serious panic attacks like that before, but I did. And so I came home, and it was just kind of clear that it wasn't the right place for me. <laughs> so how, just, how long had you been there at that point? Oh, uh, about... Around two and a half months, I think. So not very long. Anyway. No, no, it was. Uh, it's a place that, like you, you know. You either, yeah, yeah. you either want to be there <laughs> well, or you don't. You, you know, know. <laughs> I now so wish I would have known about a lot of the stuff because, like, my favorite artist Andy Warhol was working, you know, ten twenty blocks away. Keith Haring and John Michelle Basquiat were working. I actually did see Keith Haring um, murals in the subway. Well, they were murals. Well, what they would do is where they had a big ad in the subway, they would take it down and it looked kind of like a, a chalkboard. And so he did those. Those were, I saw those later, maybe ten years ago, going for thousands of dollars. People Isn't that incredible to have that like come out of your mouth? Andy Warhol was working a few yeah. blocks away. Like that's incredible. Yeah, you know, I just didn't realize that stuff at that time. You know, I was just a little too young. So um, you're, you're in your early twenties at that yeah. time, like. But I came back and I had done before this point a couple um, Grateful Dead oriented things that were. Um, Pretty successful, and uh, like actually for the Grateful Dead. Well, no, not fan art. The fan art. It was a kind of a different. It was a different age there, so they were pretty much allowing people to use their trademarks, their name, or whatever. They were no Metallica. Uh, yeah, kind of. A, <laughs> I don't want to say with abandon, but pretty much. I think I don't know that they ever shut anybody down, but me, I'm got a training and I think I'm creative and I have some ideas and they were a little bit more thought out, a little bit more targeted. And so a lot of these people would go to the shows, you know, they travel for however hundreds of miles to the show. So some of them, you know, might want a shirt that commemorates a certain show. And so, um, uh, that was first one I did was really successful that way. And the actual, uh, bass player wore it on stage. Oh, wow. I just ran into him and, uh, it just was one of those things, right place, right time. Uh, and um, and then uh, I came up with another one, Grateful Dead University, which was, it was a great, the Grateful Dead were a very, you know, 
I don't want to say fratish, but kind of there was it was really involved with a lot of uh, university type of uh, thing, and I did that, and that's the one I took back east, and of course, not, you know, universities back east are really so that did really well. I think I printed a thousand stickers or so, and I went to four shows, and and that was just received really well. I was probably possibly Maine was probably one of the craziest times, and uh, and it's funny, um, I I. After I came back, I I still was doing it, and I was in Berkeley and uh, just kind of walking down the street, and there was a dead show going on, and I had my shirt, and, and they came up to me and like, oh wow, what, what, what? There was this one little thing. It, I, I used the back of the dollar bill, and where it says "E, uh, e Pluribus Unum," I changed that out to "Yo Kind of Zoo," which was this alliteration of this. Uh, Lyric, a uh, Bob Weir lyric, and these guys, what does that mean? And I said, your kind of zoo. And they're like, oh, we were up all night at Brown University trying to figure that out. We went every, every reference book. We could. <laughs> uh, that, that was that was that was classic. Um, so um, I did I uh, I did that and got kind of back working into commercial. I got hired at an agency, which was actually a pretty good agency. Kind of through uh, where I was, I had a job uh, in high school and, and in college uh, working at Fort Douglas Hidden Valley Country Club. And one of the patrons with the lady I was working on just just our conversation found out she had an ad, ad agency, and, huh. and I actually went to her, and uh, so I worked there. But you know, they they ended up laying you know, like twenty five percent of the staff off after six months, and I got a partner who was kind of in a similar situation, and. And we we did some stuff, and then we got sued by a client because they huh. uh, for the printing, and that really upset him. And he had a baby on the way, so he went and got a good job at a high tech agency. And and, uh, and then I decided that you know I'd really at Utah State studied mainly though I had an art core. I'd mainly studied um, uh, advertising design, which is a lot of words and concepts and pictures, and that the actual graphic design. Uh, I hadn't done so much, and I w- we're seeing that um, some of the people that weren't working with ad agencies, the small things, were, were doing more graphic design. And so um, I, I uh, tried to um, – I remember taking a class at the uh, University of Utah from uh, someone who's actually pretty good that was um, – Julie Lapine is her name. She ended up going on doing a lot of stuff for Starbucks. Um, and uh, – uh, then at the time, I had kind of had these series of T-shirts going on, and, and, and nothing was really doing overly, uh, overwhelmingly well. And my my dad, who's just you know, it's, it's just it's been ten years, and I can't. Uh, you know, some of this stuff is just still, and ten years since he passed away. But he was really supportive, and he would see people walking around with him, you know, Salt Lake, and so. Um, so I came up with the idea for this uh, reggae-oriented clothing line, and kind of did it from the ground up with a business plan and a logo, and and I got a friend from college who um, was in a position to have extra money, and uh, so we started that up, and I did that for five years. He, the partner kind of he bailed after about six eight months just because he didn't want to sign on, and uh, my dad bought the stock and. Uh, and uh, I ended up getting to the largest trading company in Japan um, through just uh, kind of fake it till you make it, you know. That's how it works, man. That's yeah. That's I mean, uh, the first show I we'd spent, uh, I think the original uh, startup was eight thousand dollars, 
and spent most of that the stuff that, you know, you, you learn this every time you do a business like I would never spend money on that. Don't spend money on anything when you start a business. Don't no, spend man. money on anything. <laughs> you, know, you can do you can do without pretty much anything except <laughs> what you're selling, you know. And uh, but um, uh, we were getting a few people, you know, from uh, Japan the first year, and I kind of followed up with them, and they said, "Oh, go to this other show." Uh, Men's Apparel Gold in California. So I kind of like gone through all the investment and and uh, was working at uh, doing freelance for ad agencies. So it's actually going really well. Uh, and uh, but I, you know, kind of took one month to put something together and went down there. And these people just kind of came out of the woodwork, you know, dropping ten thousand dollar orders. Wow. Somebody they'd never seen before, <laughs> had no wreck, you know, it was just and it kind of went from there. And so did that for a few seasons and then I talked to the guy at the state who, who said well you can get into this trade show over in uh, Tokyo um, so it's subsidized all still, still doing t-shirts and stuff? yeah this is a t-shirt line called Natty Threads okay and uh, and so I ended up going over to Japan in uh, March of uh, uh, 1994 and I kind of found out at that point I got uh, paired up with a, uh, a translator and kind of found out that somebody who was kind of interested through one of their other subsidiary con- uh, companies was just this huge company. It was at the time it was the largest trading company in the world. They, they had uh, the largest textile producer. They'd been like doing textiles since they began in like the eighteen hundreds, and then they had gotten into like designer stuff. And they brought Armani to Japan. And at that time, they were doing Budweiser, NBA, J. Crew, Guess. Tommy Hilfiger. Hmm, I mean, wow. these ones, these properties that were kind of hard to wrangle. And um, so they put in this big order, and I, I thought I thought it, things were made in the shade, you know. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, uh, it was a certain kind of markup, and they wanted a discount. It was, but it was still a substantial amount because there were like 3,000-piece runs, you know. Mm. And... Uh, and then it was like, oh, we're, you know, uh, how am I going to get the money? So I made, made the mistake of calling this guy I didn't know very well that I went to high school with. And he just ended up totally screwing me over. And it kind of was the end of that. He, I don't know what his motivation was. Well, I kind of do. But um, so that kind of ended that. It, uh, I, I think I had, I would have done a lot of things differently. I would never, you know, I would have kept with the people that I, and it was funny because you could see it at that time. These people who were really good customers that were kind of these gray marketers were they were really and they were good. They were solid people um, were like, oh, no, these these big this big, huge company. I mean, they own like um, Isuzu America. And, I mean, they're Mazda America and it's a household word in Japan. But um uh, they're like they're stealing their customers, and it was kind of like I just trusted them too much. This is funny <laughs> things, you know. You know, you hand them a contract, and then they, then they take it, you know, or you know, just things like, okay, we're going to be in the booth, you know, and and so, uh, I think it would have gone better without this person getting in the way. But it was just kind of one of those things you learned, and, and uh, probably should have been more patient. But so fast forward to to today or okay. to the last few years. Um, so you've, you've, you've had some crazy entrepreneurial experience <laughs> for sure. Um, wh- what were you doing when you decided that you needed to create the Utah Cheese Awards? Well, 
truthfully, I had just been fired for the very first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I I moved up to Logan, kind of through the fallout of all that stuff, and um, I got a job at a <laughs> rated like the number one ski hotel in the world. You can figure out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the owner who's passed away skied very rigidly. Um, and uh, and it just – it was one of those things. It just didn't, didn't work out. So I it was like – and it had been in the back of the mind. In fact, I was like – started sketching the logo, like getting rides up to up to Deer Valley. Um, and so – that ended very abruptly, and I just said, "Okay, I'm going to do this," you know, as I as I find my way, and just basically piece by piece started it, you know, put up a website and just piece by piece. And um, uh, by two years ago, I was pretty much on my way to doing it. So, what made you decide that you wanted to do cheese awards <laughs> in Utah? Like that's a, people don't associate Utah with cheese by any stretch of the imagination. So, what well, that's that? true in a way. Though I did hear uh, I have kind of a new fan person. I'm a fan of in the cheese world, and I saw him on YouTube, and he did mention it. I mean, we do have like Beehive and Uinta, but all in all, no, not it's not up there with California, Vermont, New York. Um, but um, uh, I'd been introduced to that world. I was interested and really liked that world. And um, I kind of knew there, about award shows and what the pluses and minuses. And I just thought this is something I do by myself, just with no money. So you decide to create this. How did you? How did you reach out? First off, how did you find all the cheesemakers in Utah? Because there are a couple that are very prominent. You know, Beehive is is a very very prominent cheesemaker now. Um, and I, I would say now being in the last three to four years, honestly, um, and there, there's a few others, but when we were going through and reading the article that we had talked about with, with your stuff, there's a bunch of cheesemakers I've never heard of. In yeah. The city of there <laughs> like are. your best one. And there are some other ones too. Um, like I just found out cause I was getting into trying to do it myself. The person, the, uh, um, place I got the milk from says, "Oh, we sell to some guy on Thirty Third who makes Mexican cheese." I'd never heard of that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there are some. I've been. In, I've got a really good idea of what all of them are doing. And um, um, you know, the place where, um, and I, I don't know if I got into this, but uh, uh, after two years living in this place in Logan, um, I took an uh, apprenticeship on um, at a farmstead, um, Rock Hill Creamery. And I uh, just kind of had the opportunity to do it and didn't have anything. And so that's where I got my first introduction to basically a lot of it, you know, uh, and the idea of ward shows and all that stuff. And uh, Rock Hill Creamery, I'm telling you, so Rocklette worked there. The ladies from Rocklette yeah. worked there. You did an internship there. I was talking to someone else that had, had spent a lot of time up at Rock Hill like two weeks ago. Like, that's crazy how many people. And I kind of, it is, it's uh you know, it's something else. It really is. Um, it's like glowing talking about well, it. it's, how magical this I place mean, it be. was. Well, that's how that's how Zara going, and Abby were going right, there in the Rock spring Island. and living in there and milking the cows and and uh, and just how beautiful Cash Valley is already mm -hmm. and how beautiful Richmond is. It was it was truly a life changing experience. And uh, they those guys are so old school, but they've uh, it's it's kind of like a little. I'm not sure 
I'm not sure I'm like the uh, their favorite child, but they they had a few people go through there, you know, uh, and definitely. Uh, um, and what they do, as I've looked and gotten more and more, I mean, they're doing things that pretty much nobody else is doing. Um, they use like uh, cheesecloth, you know. Mm. Uh, there's probably one other place that's actually doing that. Um, they um, uh, age it with the the rind out. Most of them uh, put it in plastic, which, mm -hmm. um, of course, is a lot easier to deal with. But it just is something else because you don't have everything. And then what happens uh, as I study more and more is that um, these uh, um, bacteria kind of um, develop their own thing wherever mm -hmm. they are based on what's around. And that's kind of the, the idea of the farmstead. It's, it's, you know, the animals and the hay, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, if you're a farmstead, ale is, it's an ale that's allowed to Whatever's well, how, in the air. That's yeah. how we get some of the best, you know, the blue cheeses and stuff like that around the world. Is that's just it? Like yeah. they, they they have found conditions that make these very unique cheeses and very unique flavors. I mean, take raclette for example. Yeah. The, the specific region of the world where that stuff is produced is a very unique atmosphere to yeah. make it, and you can't duplicate it. No, because of the everything, the air, the, the milk, the, the air, the terroir is the word they use. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear uh, someone talk about Rock Hill in that way. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good place. I mean, you know, they were my boss and, you know, and I was, I am um, likely autistic, very uncoordinated, totally unmechanical. <laughs> and, you know, getting me and to milk a cow was not the easiest thing in the world. So I had to kind of convince them. They just thought, you know, you can get up and do it. It's funny. The one thing it says is, is he has springs on all the doors to keep the flies out because the flies are the big issue. And, you know, you go and then these slam the door, you know. So finally, I said, you know, I'm not slamming the door. The springs are. And next thing I know, the springs were loosened. So it's kind of like, it's how you're looking at things, you know. <laughs> but I, the cleanliness there is amazing. Um you know, after going out, I mean, any bar in town, I mean, they wouldn't do things that you see in any bar in town. And, you know, you go out and the bottom of your, you know, boiler maker goes in another. I mean, they were just, you touched anything, you were sanitized again. And they were really worried about that. And, and thus didn't even do soft cheeses because of that. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the one woman that I uh, worked with named Sarah, I think she's still there doing more of the work. Um uh, the cheesemaker is of retirement age, um, and her husband, who's the kind of the runs the farm, is is a year or two older than me. So they're kind of, but they they have a steady, you know. More, I don't think they you see it more highly marketed because, you know, their caves a certain size and their milk tanks are a certain size, and you know, their five cows, which you know they all are all known by name and no one to come in. You know, they can only produce <laughs> basically two hundred fifty uh, gallons of. Um, Milk a week is yeah. basically what they make your cheese from. That's that's crazy. It's such a specialized small shop. So yeah. how did you? So you, obviously you know Rock Hill from being there, and you probably met a few of the other cheesemakers in the in the state as a result. But how did you really find the breadth of of cheesemakers that you were able to find? Because you found them all the way down in Polygamous <laughs> County, Utah, all the way up to you know the tip top of the state and everywhere in between. Well, I got a good story about that. Well, first I started out just. In the internet, you know, you know, one thing leads to another, and people say, "No, there's 
uh, Eden Eden Valley sheep thing is out of business. You know, you kind of find who's coming and going. There's another one in Mount Pleasant, but the uh, uh, thing in Southern Utah was really great stories. I went down there with my son for a vacation and um, we stayed in St. George and then we went to stay in Kanab and he's... Um, Polygamous County, Utah, by the way. He's a new that's... convert to the Mormon <laughs> church and he's really interested in all things Mormon. And so we drove around that town and I had been there before when, with my t-shirt thing because uh, um, they had a sewing plant. And I was at one point I was kind of at the, you know... The size that I could use other sewers and stuff. And uh, and uh, we were about ready to leave, and we saw this sign. It's like, you know, homemade, homemade cheese. And he, and he looked at me. He goes, you want to go there, don't you? <laughs> of course you uh, do. So we went he doesn't there. like homemade cheese. And went to this little, this little tough shed thing, but they had, they were stocked with cheese. And the woman in the traditional um, dress. And uh, By we, the way, if you guys have not seen those traditional dresses, it's basically curtains that they turn into a dress. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's from the neck down to yeah. your ankles. Bed sheets with, yeah. with no frills. And uh, she wouldn't let me take her picture or anything, but I grabbed the cheese and, uh, um, oh yeah, polygamy. That's all you can do. Several (laughs) several podcasts on that. (laughs) But um, uh, I I wrote the guy, and he ended up being a really really nice guy, and uh, was interested and delivered his samples and by hand, and and he's expanding, and he's actually his operation is a lot like Rock Hill, and in fact. uh, they've kind of been, uh, I think, uh, he consulted with them, and they have the same cow, Brown Swiss. That's mm-hmm. their, that's, that's the, the good cheese cow. That's the cow that they like at Rock Hill. That's the one, and it's a, it's a combination, not the highest butter fit, fat, but butter fat and volume. Yeah. And uh, protein, too. So this is a really, because they won a lot of awards, and I had no idea they existed. You know, either. they haven't. Truth to they they have gotten a lot of acclaim, but the uh, Rock Hill is that who you're talking about? No, 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 no. yeah, the, the yeah. no okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they won a lot at our show, and um, he's been doing it for a while. I think he told me how much cheese he had, and it, it was like eight tons or some, it was some outrageous oh amount. But he has fifty cows. He needs so. to open up a mail order business. Yeah. Um, because that shack in Kanab, first off, to get to Kanab, Utah, folks, <laughs> it is a drive. So not only do you have to get to St. George, but then you have to drive like three hours around two different states, basically, to get to Kanab. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a pain in the ass. Uh, and you have to, and you probably will run into Mike Noel. So I don't know if you really <laughs> want to go down there. They're, they're having fun with what they're doing. They opened a place in, in St. George, and so now they have, I guess, oh, nice. technically three outlets. And, uh, um, you know, uh, after judging a lot of cheese, you know, you get to be a little bit more picky. But they have like a Parmesan that I really grew fond of as it got a little bit older. And they have uh, – the thing is um, with uh, uh, cheese, it's what the animals eat. And so down there, you compare Richmond uh, in the spring to um, – uh, you know the Arizona border mm-hmm. in the spring. Well, it's just not the lush dust kind of stuff. Yeah, so that makes the milk different. You know, and so, but it doesn't make it any necessarily worse or just different. Just different. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they're they're cool. I'm I've got my eyes on them. I really this uh, cow got into an onion patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, on the 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 
the cheese in Utah is really starting to grow uh, in terms of, of who's available. Because you do have the, the, the folks down in, in southern Utah, but there's a whole bunch of stuff up north especially, right? Yeah, well, there's uh, – there's, I mean, I could name them off, but you've got, uh, you know, um, basically three operations in Cache Valley. Um, and then you go down to the Park City Heber, Heber area – um, there are now three. An, uh, a woman who worked for Deer Valley, this is wonderful European soft cheeses, is back in business with Park City Creamery. And um, then um, Caputo's makes their cheese. Mm-hmm. They're more into um, what they're doing in their caves and actually making it on site. And then um, Beaver, Utah, you have Beaver, Cash Valley. Squeaky cheese. Yeah, that's the Cash Valley cheese, which is a little confusing, but... So uh, that's that's where the brand Cash Valley comes from. Is yeah, Beaver. it is. You got to look at the packaging really closely to tell that it's not from Cash Valley. It, I mean, I lived in Cash Valley, and it took me a while. Genius but. naming convention. Well, it's uh, you know, I know a little bit about the backstory. Is that they, you know, it was a um, the the cheese brand is like um, a bunch of uh, the dairy farmers getting together as a source to use all their milk, you know, and. I think one of the persons who started Gosner's was somehow involved in that, and there was a split. And so that brand ended up there, and then Gosner's went on to be what it it's is. It's like Crown Burger and Apollo Burger. Yeah. <laughs> Both owned by Greeks and make great burgers. Yeah. Different people. Or Francesco's in that pizza place that's up in Bountiful. No, those are shitty is the problem. Because yeah, but- <laughs> at least Apollo Burger and Crown Burger are good. Other fries are good. Uh-huh. I had a grilled ham and cheese from Crown Burger the other day. It's my favorite. Yeah, that cheese was not from Utah, though. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and and that's like Beaver. It's funny because you 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 talk about Beaver and you drive through Beaver, and Beaver's known for squeaky cheese and the giant rocking horse or yeah. rocking chair in front of the gas station. And I think that's it. I don't think Beaver's known for anything <laughs> else. That, there's an awesome restaurant down there, isn't there? What taco it- restaurant? I have no idea. The, oh, the purple... No, not the purple turtle. The No, that's in Cedar. Isn't it? Purple turtle is in there. No, no, no. The drive-in place that you're talking about. The tacos. I'll Google it. Yeah, I think that's in Cedar. I don't think that's in Beaver. And it's... Fillmore has the mushroom farms, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fillmore mushrooms and beaver cheese. Beaver cheese. Fillmore mushrooms and beaver cheese. <laughs> so no more Fillmore beaver signs, though. You cannot find them. <laughs> Too many people are still. <laughs> Utah Department of Transportation <laughs> finally decided maybe we shouldn't keep making these. <laughs> um, so, okay. So so you decide to make these cheese awards, and, and um, are you the only judge the first year? You know, I... I um I like to think I have a degree of ethics, so I didn't want to be the judge. <laughs> I went out and found judges, and the first year wasn't as easy as it is now. Um, I just got our third our third round, and it was really fairly easy. You go through certain politics, either people are, I don't know what they want, but, you know, I have to tell them it's a volunteer position. And it's not because I can't pay them, though, you know, there's not a lot of money in this. It's just I don't like the idea of... Paying a judge. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just well, that leads it open. Look, it is your privilege to eat cheese for well, free. Well, kind of, and they get a really nice, they got a really nice cheese board the second year, so we're really working it. This year, uh, I got actual medals that you put around your neck made of metal. Nice. Uh, first year, I had a little lamb, you know, it's kind of one of those things. So do you have, uh, do you have any folks sponsoring you? 
Um, good question. Um, I had the uh, Dairy Council of Utah, and they, uh, for the first two years, they decided not to go forward. And um, I think it's just one of these things where this Salt Lake Chiefs, it's a number of things, but there's a surprising amount of politics in things. Uh, and um, while I, it was also not very linear in, in that, you know, um, people have to voluntarily submit their cheese. That's basically the way it's going. So uh, you really don't know who's going to do it, who's going to win in that. And uh, um, so I don't know, but that's fine. I'm yeah, I'm really happy that they were doing it because it was a big moral support. And now things are rolling. I'm not going to worry about it so much. Yeah. Um, so, no, I've gotten a lot of in-kind. Uh, we have the um, – tasting the award ceremony that pretty much everybody's donated enough uh, product to uh, feed a lot of people. Do, do you have any of the vendors or any of the cheesemakers show up with, with stuff to buy at the award ceremonies? Um, yes. is a short answer. Um, first year, we tried to have a little bit bigger event. And, um, and yeah, um, this year we just had a couple people, but they both did really well. And it's kind of the same thing where I'm juggling um, how many people can fit in the venue whatever and that um so you know the, the people that are there and committed to it uh, i want to reward them and they both seem to be real happy and and that's kind of going forward with this thing the way because uh, you know there's there's different streams of it but um yeah um i i think that's a good thing it's kind of judged human nature now where where have you had it in the past and where is it going to be this upcoming year um so the first year I had it at um, a place called Church and State. Yeah. And I just... It's right around the corner from Yeah, my work. it's a neat venue, a neat space. And uh, it worked out good from where, where I was. The second year, um, I had it at Shades of Pale. And um, like what that allowed stage. me to do is have two things, have alcoholic beverages and then to get the venue for free, mm. which is just like a double whammy for success um and uh well they actually have a, a sizable space at Shades yeah it is it is the, i don't know if you've been in the last couple of days they've moved some stuff around but they're definitely workmanlike place you know they're not a lot of have you been to the level new level crossing that's down the street that no, place I've is not. amazing oh, man that's the one that's opening have you been to shortly T yeah okay so tf is is pretty amazing and this uh level crossing is just right with them, if not maybe a tad bit more. Nice. It's a, a little different in the decor, but both just pretty tremendous. Like you went into the first night and, you know, everybody's all trained. and You know, this is these are things that take like a year and a million dollars yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, the guy with the level crossing was a, a high west whiskey person, so. That kind of puts you into the Park City well, groove. Also, that also puts you into the I know how to get shit done because they yeah. they sold their company before they served their first glass of their own whiskey. So Something like that, yeah. <laughs> no, I know that they were buying it and blending it. And yeah, that's just, but it's how they did it. Yeah. You know, you well, they're brilliant guy. marketers. The guy knows what he's talking about. He does, you know. So that's, I, I, I have nothing wrong with that. I, follow that myself i don't have anything <laughs> wrong with it because it tastes delicious anyway yeah. <laughs> so where's it going to be this year you know i don't know for sure um because there's still a, a few months out right yeah that's June. not till october actually. Oh, october, october. so um we're, we're gonna champion entries for you don't worry okay yeah no everybody tell um i uh that next level place would be great um 
uh, this Hopkins Brewing House has crossed my mind. I don't know if you know about that. It's in They're pretty new, yeah. But I'm finding out there's a, a tribe of hipsters in Salt Lake that won't go uh, south of 21st South. And that's <laughs> it. You know, they get everything they want, you know, Those downtown. Hipsters. And so. It's Fisher. Fisher's downtown. Yeah, that's true. Fisher, you know, it's kind of, I get a gestalt. It's all, it's it's kind of the layout, the lighting, the ceiling, everything. that. How many people do you have to accommodate? Well, um, we ended up having about 70 or 80. So I just think the way things are going that we could have a lot more. I mean, I sold out and, uh, and it's, you know, the award thing is, I mean, I just, I was doing this to, to, to do something in this industry. And so I'm kind of, you know, not rigid on however it works out, but, um, People just love to get there and eat the cheese and they love the idea of it. So, how can you uh, not like to get yeah. there and eat the cheese? You have to be a freaking weirdo. Well, that's the thing. I put this new <laughs> event, I put it uh, on Facebook, and you, uh, Facebook advertising for events is pretty effective in my mind. But I put down seven bucks uh, and um, I bumped it a couple times, but it just kept going up. Now there's like 10,000 people interested and it's going to follow them around till the day of the show. It's amazing. So, yeah. Um, you know, and then people say interested in going, those are like, take like a small fraction of those people, but it's an indicator of how of the interest in it. Um, so, um, hoping to have 300 at, uh, well, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's a big, it's a lot of work, but looking at some different things. So but. how does the judging work? Do they have like the night of, or do they spend some time before? So, um, um, the first time, the first year I, I, misjudged a little bit and actually i i i uh didn't get you know who criminelli is they were interested in judging mm-hmm. they were going to be a couple days late and i was like um i don't know if you've ever done a contest this is a woman who's no longer there <laughs> and they kind of told me that but uh <laughs> um yeah it's got to be so the first thing it was like we were judging 15 minutes after and then uh, that's a little too tight so um uh, the day before i get everything and um i'm getting it labeled it and go down there and they're given a number in a little small piece and uh, then they have their correlating numbers and one to ten and note and notes and so they're given the category this is hard cheese this is a you know semi-soft cheese or whatever and so then they give it a one to uh, one to ten and just add them up that way and so the high score last year was could have been 40 Nice, yeah. nice. So, how long does it take? A couple hours? A couple, a couple hours. Days? A couple hours. Um, uh, you know, originally I thought not wanting to be a pain, you know, you let them take it home, you know, let them enjoy all this stuff. But when it came down to it, I kind of really got to get it done, you know. Well, um, it's, hard, it's hard to let them take it home and do it from home because yeah. then you don't know if they're actually going to get it back to you in time. And Yeah, that's, I thought, put a little bit. Of, I mean, this is, and uh, so. Um, yeah, so so we were done within two hours, and we um, so where it goes from there, um, I think it's going to be around. That's what I'm telling the judges about two hours, which is nice. Yeah, and doing it starting at high noon and uh, the third. So do you do Saturday. the awards right after the tasting? now waiting two months to do that, and I don't know okay. if that's long enough, but it does allow me to get the other product in and. Um, we pushed the back a week from Halloween, and I think that was a good idea. So mid October, yeah, and that, well, and, and that gives you a chance to actually do write ups properly and stuff like that. Yeah, for everyone. yeah, I did. I did do a pretty nice presentation, and actually, if you go on utouchies.info, there's a PDF of everything, and you can, including um, 
their notes of what the judges thought, you know, helpful. So what about the, uh, so we've talked a lot about the Cheese Awards, but you've been asked to kind of do something else by Salt Lake City, right? Well, I ran into this guy named Kyle Amalfa. He's a great guy. I met him at uh, um, the uh, Jordan Park Farmers uh, Market where I was selling, one of the things I've done is I sell artist Everett Roos's reproductions and I had some other stuff I was doing and just kind of got to know him that well and I saw him at an event and he kind of told me that Salt Lake City gives out money and so I found that and got there and, and it was a fairly simple application and got a, uh, they give you a grant and it's there's tears and first year you only get so much and that stuff but they came through and they liked it and so um before I did that, I arranged with the venue to say, can you hold this day? Because they want to know the date. And, and yeah, and so it came through. And uh, it's just looking great now. So we'll see. It'll be, so it's how many, like having a cheese festival. Yeah. So how many vendors do you have right now? How many cheese creators? Um, right now, I've just got... Um, and that's kind of the hard thing going, you know, when you're doing something on a tight schedule and you're not one of these people pounding to sign the contract and you know that everybody's interested is going to basically create energy. Um, uh, the We've got one primary um, exhibitor and that's uh, Murray's Cheese. And I don't know if you know about Murray's, but they are, they run the Smith's Cheese, mm-hmm. but they're a New York cheese company. They are one of the biggest forces in cheese in America. They do all the Kroger stores and mm-hmm. they have couple facilities in new york and they are not slouches by any means you know they have their own stuff and and so they're they're slated to be there and then i've got a a woman who's making cheesecake and she's gonna have her food truck there and then i've got to do the big push for more people but it's exactly what i said before it's just try to see exactly what what what's going to happen i'm i'm planning and budgeting to serve uh around four to five ounces of cheese which it's actually quite a bit. It's a lot of cheese. It's a lot, a lot of cheese. cheese. Yeah, it's plenty. Uh, but I don't want it to feel like a gym. And uh, it's uh, only $10. So I feel it, it's like pretty good. And uh, then I've offered a, a charcuterie plate because I saw what some people wouldn't pay. And I'm selling a few of those too. So I'm putting that all together. I'm not sure my exact plan there. But um, again, I want it to be nice. And when is this event? It's June 8th from 3 to 7 at the Garden, which is right next to Mountain uh, West, Mount Cider. West Cider. Cider, yeah. Yep. Oh, That's yeah. a great They're place. They're kind of partner on that, and uh, they, they kind of can see what it's doing. They're just kind of getting their venue up and going. It's been going for a couple of years, but they're not really, uh, um, you know. They're they're still going, getting going, and it, I just think the combination of that location and the idea of Cheese Festival – and maybe my logo and everything just kind of like spoke to people. Definitely. So we got we got one more question for you okay. before we let you go. Right. Uh, we ask everyone that's on the show this, um, and and you've been outside of Utah and you grew up here, and you've come back and and this is where you've made your home. What's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah that they should do before they leave? <laughs> well, you know the visitor thing. I want to say Gilgal Garden. I mean, it's not a huge. It's, it's not it's really like, cool. Though. It is so cool, and if you're at all edgy or alternative, it's just that you know uh, that's the first thing. The Joseph yeah. Smith Sphinx. Yeah, you know, we but had you, a we, we have a we have a listener of the show, a friend of ours from Ireland, Peter, 
And he actually asked us to do that specifically during his interview that we did well, a long time ago. Because he was here and he got to go see Gilgal Garden and he absolutely loved it. Well, he's a landscape architect. And he's architect. a landscape architect for a living. Like, he designs uh, multi-million dollar gardens for... Like, like the Peace Gardens in France. He was one of the wow. designers. But he that. thought Gilgal was cool. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I like the highs and lows in art. I think all great artists like to see, the, you know, the, the weird and the pristine and mm-hmm. but you got to admit those pants are pretty those are quite a production to build brick pants right <laughs> <laughs> it really is well how can people get a hold of you and how do they find out about uh, your events and how to go to them okay well um uh the utah cheese awards is at utah cheese.info and salt lake cheese fest is sl com. only one c and then my personal website is Stephen R. German. That's spelled with a J. I got a bunch of them. Yeah. But, uh, hey, that's, uh, better Instagram to have more than too. That. Steve German on Instagram with a J. I like doing that. It's fun. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for well, joining us. Well, thank you. Steve. It's great, man. You've really, uh, I think you really added to the depth of knowledge out there. I did another podcast about this, but you definitely broke into other area. <laughs> so, uh, that's what we like to hear. We appreciate your time. You bet. I appreciate your. Thanks. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, thanks again to... It's Beaver Taco, by the way. Steve? That's what it's called. Beaver Taco? Yep. The restaurant in Beaver. Um, it's a real thing. And apparently it's delicious. I mean, I like Beaver Tacos. but <laughs> Who doesn't? Are they made with beaver in them? Like like the... I've never been. Non-wood, flat-tail animal that makes dams and creeks? Probably or not. something else. Our beaver's really greasy. Are they Mexican beaver tacos? Or are they just regular old beaver tacos? I'm sure they're just regular old ones. You, you know beaver tacos is going in the notes now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Beaver tacos. Beaver tacos, beaver cheese. Ah, oh, man. Fill more mushrooms. <laughs> Fill more beaver. Fill more beaver area, basically. Uh, that whole area is quite the unique. lower region. Yeah, the of lower the state. lower region of the state. I'd say I'd say it's like the midsection like of mid-section. the state. Lower actually. midsection. It's just below where the state's belly button would be. <laughs> like, how is it? I'm okay. Now I'm curious. <laughs> I have to look this up. I have to look at the map and it see where be the belly see button. where Levan is, and compared to uh, to the Fillmore Beaver area. So let's <laughs> let's go look up Levan because Levan, in case you don't remember, Levan is actually navel spelled backwards. But it's not really the center. I thought we discussed that. Well, and that that was that was their point is they were the center of the state, and so that's why they named them. Kind of like, yeah, but they're not. Kind of like promontory points, the center of the United States. Yeah, oh. basically, kind of the same concept. You know, I'm just gonna say that the Fillmore Beaver area is south of Levan. Because Levan's just south of Nephi. Oh, God, did you guys... We didn't talk about this. You see that fucking train that derailed in Juab? Oh, the one that they had to blow up? Yeah, it was like the 15... The uh, 15... Yeah. So there was a big derailment out in Juab County, just out by, outside of Nephi, basically, I think, When right? was this? Two nights ago. Two nights ago, like Sunday night. Yeah, did you see Rafen? He was like... Hey, did anybody see that bright light in the sky or something wrong with so me? There was, Somebody so finally went, there was like the phosphor there was some tankers with phosphoric acid and then there was a bunch with propane and so they, Maya came back she she had her her orchestra choir tour and down in St. George and they were stuck in traffic for three hours. That's why. That's why. why. Yeah, that's why. Because yeah, no I had no idea. They had to they had to basically shut the freeway down. Shut the freeway down. And, did you guys Google? 
their determination was at midnight. Not at th- their determination was like we just have to blow these up. Like mm-hmm. they they can, did a controlled explosion. It was They're that like, bad. Because how else are you going to fix all these train cars full of <laughs> leaking phosphoric right. acid and and uh, propane? And so they blew them up. Like that was the most environmentally sound decision they could make. Wow, it's pretty much awesome. It's it's kind of crazy, honestly. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so Levan, the naval of Utah, is just north of Fillmore Beaver area. So in case you were wondering, um, Fillmore Beaver is right where you think it should be. Do you think? That's, I want to know. Do you think that's why they named them that? I do. I want to know if somebody was like, "I got to write down." We need to think of some good names for these places. Let's see. Hmm. And then, and like, Kanab somebody does like sound Chris like the, and like Jeremy the got toe. together. <laughs> No more beaver is just south of Naval. Just south of Naval. I'm just writing some show notes down, guys. Don't worry about me. Oh, thanks to our guest, uh, Steve German, um, the the creator of the Utah Cheese Awards and the the Salt Lake Cheese Festival. Um, the festival, this is his first year, so please support that. June 8th. Um, June 8th. And then the Cheese Awards. Holy shit, this thing needs to continue to happen, and I'm going to do everything in my power to continue to make this grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, because who doesn't like cheese besides Gina from X96, that Cassidy from woman. Kearns, Utah. E- even she likes cheese. She will eat manicotti. She loves manicotti. She asked me how to make manicotti over text. The terrorists, they don't like cheese. Yeah, goddamn communists, too. Right, the Russian <laughs> terrorist communist. Uh, and I want to thank him for bringing us these jellies. Have you guys decided which James, jellies you're picking? The Other ra- preserves. Ramblin' raspberry. We're going to have to get some bread so we can eat the preserves. And the get your guava. We have tortillas. We can make scones. Mm, like good, good scones. Anyway, uh, thanks again to our guest. Uh, go check that stuff out. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to the legislative review next week. Uh, if you need to get a hold of us, uh, Twitter is usually the best, or Facebook at TNU Podcast on all the social medias except Snapchat. Uh, and uh, we need a TikTok account, by the way. Except Snapchat. <laughs> and uh, can you just see Jess trying to answer people on Snapchat when the picture doesn't last, and they ask her a question, she has to research, and then she's like, "Shit, what was that question they asked yeah. again?" <laughs> Uh, Facebook uh, is a good way, the New Utah Podcast Facebook, and always our website, thenewutah.com. If you're curious about Gilgal Gardens and what the fuck that is, uh, go there, because I guarantee you it's already there as our one thing, and we'll add another another name to the list of people that think it's amazing. Um, But there's other stuff we talk about quite a bit uh, on that site, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you listen to this shit on um and let me know if you think that the sound quality got better or worse after i fixed it last week um yeah I guess and if you think it. it got worse um you should go to the doctor yeah you should probably go to an ent and get your ears checked <laughs> so that'll do it for this week thanks guys